Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Hope for Chronic Pain podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Dr. Katinka Vandermeer. Dr. Katinka grew up in Johannesburg, South Africa, as the daughter of a successful chiropractic doctor. She followed in her father's footsteps and graduated from Parker College of Chiropractic in 1999. She has since gained a reputation for developing a novel, non-invasive treatment system for neurologic rehabilitation of chronic pain, resulting in breakthroughs for even the most hopeless and severe cases. Her and her team have gained international attention due to their unprecedented success rates in these cases. Kent State University is slated to be involved with the first study of her work starting this year. She is an international speaker and best-selling author of three books, Putting Out the Fire, Taming the Beast, and Wake Up, Miracles of Healing from Around the World. Dr. Katinka practices in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and is the CEO of the Spiro Clinic. Hello, and thank you for joining us today. I'm going to start with a quote by John Milton. The mind is its own place and in itself can make a heaven of hell, a hell of heaven. What John Milton was saying is that an event is what you make of it. That you can make a heaven out of a hell or a hell out of a heaven based on how you perceive things. Same things go with events from your past and whether you chose to file them away as traumatic and negative rather than an event that taught you a valuable life lesson. If you choose a negative interpretation and don't think the time to find good things that came from it is important, It's not because of the event being 100% negative, but because you are choosing to view it that way and not to see the upsides to it. As a direct result, you are likely to increase your suffering, and that's your choice. It's your perception or the way you choose to see it and has little or nothing to do with the actual world around you. Things happen to us and those we love. We cannot control those things. How we feel about it, that is within our control. Today, I am welcoming Amanda Ashley. She's an advanced lightning process practitioner based in Portland, Oregon. She's passionate about teaching her clients how to learn and apply the lightning process tools to make powerful changes to their health and well-being. The lightning process is a three-day training program that teaches people how to influence their health by harnessing neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity is the brain's ability to change depending on how it is used in ways that change how the mind and body are working together. This empowering approach to healing has been used successfully by thousands of people around the world, enabling many who have been stuck in chronic illness to regain their health and have the tools they need to continue to live into a happy and healthy future. When she is teaching the lightning process to clients around the USA and Canada, Amanda also serves as Associate Director of the Center for Ethics and Healthcare at Oregon's Health and Sciences University. Welcome, Amanda. It's a real pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Amanda, I met you, I will never forget the first time we spoke, I think it was about four years ago, I found out about the lightning process and the tremendous good it was doing for patients in chronic pain. And I eventually found out that there were two practitioners in the US at the time. And I called you and I think it was just instant affinity between us. I absolutely agree with you. I remember that phone call vividly myself. And I remember being so struck by how aligned 
um, our ideas are about what chronic pain is and how to approach it and our belief in, in the body's incredible capacity to heal. Um, and, yes. and so we were very much on the same page from the very beginning. And continue to be on the same page with this mind-body model. I was very struck by your introduction, which, which I wasn't expecting, not, not of me, but of, of, of the quote that you read. And um, talking about, you know, how um, how we've perceived events of the past and so on um, really informs how our mind operates. And um, one of the things that really struck me is we are not naturally given these tools to understand these things, are we? Um, you know, we, we don't we, we, we aren't given a, a sort of that innate understanding of, of how to do life in ways that allows us to make all the right choices along the way. Exactly, which is why for the last four years, Amanda has worked uh, on our patients going through our program, patients that needed a little bit more help, patients that had post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, had a lot of emotional stress. And for a while, Amanda would fly to Arkansas and do group classes with our patients. And now I believe the lightning process is being offered uh, over Zoom. But we have found that our patients going through this process are tremendously successful in their treatment. So that is why I chose to have Amanda on today. Not all of you can come to my program, but a lot of you are in chronic pain. And I want to give these tools in your hands so that you have these tools wherever you are to try to dig out of this pit of pain that you're in. So Amanda, how would you explain what the lightning process is and how it works? Yeah, that is such a good question and, and one that every practitioner I know struggles to answer because it is so many things. But um, the, the short answer is that it, it is a three-day training, as you said, um, which teaches people tools to, first of all, understand when their nervous system is responding in that sort of escalated emergency fashion, um, which the brain can get very, very good at doing. It can get stuck at doing, at being in that flight or fight response. And so we teach people to recognize when it's happening, but also to have more of an understanding of how they are involved and engaged in this process, not intentionally at all, um, but through unconscious patterns that have developed often over many years. And so then we teach the tools how to interrupt those patterns and to essentially switch off those pathways and instead learn to activate pathways that get the body and the brain back into the business of healing, switching off all those, those pathways that have become sort of like superhighways, producing symptoms and so on that, that people are feeling really stuck with. How long does it take, Amanda? Because many of our patients have been in therapy for many years by the time mm. they come to us for treatment. So is it a long process, weeks, months? That's a great question, and I'm going to dodge it a little bit um, by saying it really depends. Um, the lightning process got its name in part because the results can be very, very quick. Um, and for some people, they are. For some people, though, it, it does take longer. It is a process, you know, as sort of self-described. And it's a process really, or in some ways, of, of discovery, of discovering, you know, what are these patterns? And also connecting with our own innate power that many people feel that that has sort of completely escaped them but stepping back into that more empowered place in their life where they recognize that they do have some choices and they can use these tools in a way to literally change 
their brain. You know, you mentioned neuroplasticity, which is an extraordinary um, discovery, really, and a relatively recent one, you know, as, as you well know, where people used to believe that the brain was pretty much set at a certain age. And now we know that it does change depending on how we use it. So, you know, every time people use the lightning process tools, they are very consciously and intentionally creating new pathways, strengthening those new pathways that allows the brain to get more into balance and then to operate as it was designed to do, you know, with the body and, and then the body knows how to heal. I'm so glad you mentioned empowering yourself, Amanda. Mm-hmm. We have noticed a pattern where we can pretty much within the first one or two weeks tell who is going to do well in our program and who isn't. And the reason for that is not necessarily because there's so much nerve damage or trauma. It has nothing to do with how complicated the physical injury is, but rather what I always like to refer to as the six inches between your ears. (laughs) How much... (laughs) And I always tell our patients, we will bring the wood if you bring the fire. But the fire Uh, is a spark. It's a quality mm -hmm. within the patient where they can um, sort of harness the power of their mind and their brain and their willpower to point their noses in the direction of recovery. I know that you have a pretty um, vigorous uh, classification or a, a system where you decide whether the lightning process is a good fit for a patient. Is that correct? Yes, yes. And um, we, we, we know that not everybody is ready for this very empowering approach to healing. And, and we know what it takes for each person to you know, take these tools into their life and use them as they need to. So we are as careful as, as we know how to be um, in, in deciding whether somebody is ready um, to, to do the training. And you know, the, the, we have, a, at least I have a certain sense of, of the recipe for success, and that might be helpful for, for your listeners to hear. Um, we certainly know that our beliefs are tremendously powerful. We just have to think about the placebo response. You know, where about 35% of people in studies will get a response as though they are taking a certain medication or whatever, um, even if they're taking um, a sugar pill, just simply because their minds believe that there is something in that pill that is going to create a certain result. And then as, as a result, their brain produces that change. So beliefs are tremendously powerful. And we want to make sure that people's beliefs are in alignment with what they actually want. So that's one thing. Um, we're also know it, we know how that it takes work. So we want to make sure that people have the commitment that it takes that willingness to do the work. Um, and then there's also a, that, that secret source, I think of it as, as kind of readiness, readiness to make change, whatever change needs to be made in order to get um, onto this path of healing. And that readiness to, to, as you say, sort of dig down, you know, bring, bring that fire of, of possibility and empowerment to the process. Because much as we as practitioners care so much, there simply isn't anything that we can do other than teach the tools and support and guide and and help in that way. But we cannot create the change from the inside. This this has to be done by each and every client or patient for you. So Amanda, I can hear some of our listeners' thoughts uh, because this Mm -hmm. can be a very... um, sort of triggering topic, right? Mm -hmm. What do you mean 
it's are you saying this is in my mind i have actual nerve damage you want me to sit on my couch and pretend that i'm not in pain and magically this is going to happen what do you say to that well that is such a good question and i'm really really glad you asked it because some people do think that the lightning process belief is that oh this is all in the mind you know just get your mind organized and 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 back on track and everything will be all right um and the point that we we want to make from the very beginning is we understand that it's it is a physiological condition that it is experienced in the body and that it is extremely um painful and difficult for anybody who's dealing with it we certainly understand that What we're also saying is that the mind is very much involved in that the brain and the body have got significantly out of sync here and they're not working well together. And the brain is responding in this very, very escalated way. And how we use our mind has direct influence on what the brain is doing. So whereas we can come at at it from the physical point of view, we can also come at it from more of the mind point of view to work together. And um, I'm sure you're familiar with the phrase and and maybe some of your listeners are psychoneurophysiology. The idea that our thoughts impact our brain, which then impacts what's happening in our body. And that we can use our mind then in very, very powerful ways to retrain our brain, to get our body and working as it was designed to do rather than being in a sense hijacked by by the brain thinking there's an enormous problem and reacting accordingly does that make sense it does make sense thank you i couldn't have put that in a better way and amanda that reminds me you actually have practical experience with someone very close to you um, who was suffering for a long time do you mind sharing your personal story no, not at all. Um, my personal story is about my daughter, um, Hannah, who, when she was 14, um, was just knocked sideways by a, a virus um, and went on to develop chronic fatigue syndrome and was ill for um, four or five years. Um, I sort of lost track of time in there. We all did and missed most of high school. Um, so it was a very, very difficult time for our family. And it was through that experience that I discovered the lightning process. Um, and just to give you the full report, she um, has gone on to go to college, um, graduated um, summa cum laude and has been working. And she's just back from doing 18, three weeks of nonstop 18 hour days working um, at a music festival. So, you know, she's she's got her health back. And it was through that experience, which was, the, I will say, the most, they, those were the most difficult years of my life. So I absolutely understand what this experience is like for families. Um, it was through that experience that I learned about the lightning process. I was very grateful to a friend of mine in, in the UK where the lightning process was developed by um, an osteopath named Phil Parker. Um, and that, that's what started my whole path as, as a practitioner. And I've now been doing this for about 10 years. Thank you for sharing that, Amanda. I'm also curious, what characteristics do you see in the group of people that tend to do um, not only very well in the lightning process, but in our program and in healing themselves, period? Probably pretty similar to what I I said about sort of what I look for when I'm assessing somebody 
And um, what I see is that that absolutely innate belief that they can recover. Because when you think about just how we use our brains, if a part of us, maybe quite a big part, is feeling really stuck in, and, and disempowered and hopeless, um, think of all the brain space, simply, simply put that way, the capacity that, we're not, that we do not then have to apply to getting better. Um, it's, that's sort of a simple equation, but our bandwidth is so used up with feeling stuck that we, we, we don't have what we need to um, you know, think about the possibilities. So, so I do think about those who, who are able to really envision a different future that that's, and we ask people to do that at the beginning of, of our assessment. Um, and, and as you, you well know, that, that willingness to do the work, and sometimes that work is hard. Um, I, I, I think sometimes you're going to invite me to experience some of the, the treatments that, that you offer. Um, and, and it will be good for me to know what they're, they're like. And I know you ask a lot of your patients, um, but it's all because you know what it can do for them. So you want to know that people are willing to, um, to step up and do what only they can do um, and then keep their focus, keep their focus on, on the prize of what they want. Ride some of the bumps, knowing that healing isn't always a straight line. Sometimes there are ups and downs, but holding steady um, and being willing to change whatever they need to change. Does that sound, sound like the recipe you, you would think of for success? Exactly the same recipe. Yes, we're mm -hmm. so on the same page. Love that answer. Mm -hmm. uh, another mm -hmm. question, Amanda. Mm -hmm. In the allopathic world, I just think mm -hmm. there is such a lack, and I'm not talking about psychotherapy or counseling. That's mm -hmm. seen as something separate. So you're mm. moving through this medical process. And mm. um, if, you, if you think about a bucket of energy, positive energy, and you're either adding to that bucket or taking out of that bucket, regretfully, uh, it's my experience, I want to say that a lot of the medical world takes from that bucket. You know, if you, if you go to a doctor and they say, well, you have XYZ, complex regional pain syndrome, or uh, a genetic disorder called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, and this is just what it is going to be for the rest of your life, accept it. If mm -hmm. you believe that, how damaging is that to your possible recovery? Hugely. Um, and I think the, the biggest issue here, to, to your point, is that um, allopathic medicine has not yet caught up um, with, with what's possible. And, and in their toolbox, they just literally do not have any answers other than than medications and so i completely agree with you that unfortunately um and i'm sure with good intentions um people in the allopathic system tend to say one of two things one, one is um what you just said um there's nothing you can do you just have to get used to it um be ready to you know live with this for the rest of your life or things that absolutely take away hope or the other possibility is is that they might give the it's all in your head answer which is tremendously demeaning dismissive and so on um, and completely dismisses the idea of what you and I are looking at which is the brain and the body work together and we know this because all we have to do is to think a, a scary thought or an embarrassing thought or any kind of thought that then we recognize produces changes in our body um, there is such a connection but in in the world of allopathic medicine there really isn't a sense of looking at both at one time it's either physical 
or it's mental. Um, but no one looks at how do those two play together? How do they work together? Thank you so much for that, Amanda. Um, I, I want to say to our audience too, do not ever let anyone take your hope from you. Mm. It is so precious. If you are stuck on a desolate island and it's cold and you have the ability to start a fire, you most likely will be okay. Think about that as your spark. Hope is your spark that lights this tiny flame that becomes a bigger flame, that becomes a fire, that becomes a raging fire that's going to feed this recovery. You cannot let anyone put out that flame. So whatever you do, hold on to it. I couldn't agree more with what you just said. Amanda, what tips and ideas can you share that would be helpful to everyone listening today? Well, you, you've actually already captured one of the things that I would think about um, in, in terms of, of, of the importance of holding on to hope. Because as you say, it is a spark. Um, it's the energy, it's the empowerment, it's the sense of the possible um, that, that we all need in, in all walks of life, but most especially for people who are feeling so very stuck in their health. So I would recommend that people look for, look for recovery stories. You know, follow the positive trails. Um, you know, look look for that hope. Positively cultivate it in your life. Um, I think that that would be one of the most important. And then speaking of life, I think it's really um, you know I, I certainly observed it with my daughter how being unable to be in life became a factor in her um, in her illness. That she wasn't being fed, she wasn't being nourished by you know friendship and and just school and routine and being out in the world and doing fun things. And that is a deficit. And that does not promote healing. So as much as is possible for people to hold on to, um, you know, what, who are they in their life? What are the things that they love to do? Because by doing those things, they will actually be using their brain in a different way, switching off some of those old pathways, turning their attention elsewhere. Um, and that that can actually be very beneficial in lots of ways, as well as pointing them toward the future that they really do want to create for themselves. And the other thing that I would suggest is, you know, we, we focus a lot on language in the lightning process. And, you know, we certainly understand that in the medical world, you know, that the, there has to be a lot of reference to the condition that, that people are, are dealing with. But we also know that um, language um, is, is what has meaning for us. And so certain words become very, very loaded. And words such as, I can barely even say it, you can see I've been putting off saying the word pain because we stay away from it, knowing that every time somebody says the word or thinks about the word, it is likely to fire up those pathways that are producing it. So we really encourage people to turn their language in the direction of where they want to go. Start using the language of what they want. We know that the brain does not work well with don't think about this or that. So if I said to you, Dr. K, um, please do not think about Elvis Presley juggling 12 purple monkeys, what are you thinking about? Instantly saw Elvis Presley juggling 12 purple monkeys. <laughs> right. <laughs> Even though the instruction was, please don't. And it is quite a vision, you must admit. Um, but if instead, <laughs> so that we know the brain does not respond to the don't, it doesn't hear that. So in other words, to tell somebody, don't think about your pain is just not going to work at all. Um, and, and you can just hear it perhaps in this example, if somebody said, oh, I don't want this pain. Now we understand why they'd say that. 
But think about how different it sounds when somebody says, I want to feel really relaxed and comfortable. Totally different, isn't it? Yes, completely different statement and feel. And that's it. It's the feeling because it's that feeling that's generating um, those new um, pathways. And so that we, we focus on that a lot and really encourage people to start using the language that really describes what they want. And, and as much as they can, um, ceasing and desisting with using the, the language that describes what's actually happening. Um, because it's likely, unfortunately, to just strengthen the pathways that create that very thing. Thank you for such valuable advice, Amanda. I know one of the things you've taught us in the clinic is not to ask a patient to rate their pain out of 10. So let's say their pain is a six, but rather mm -hmm. just a simple but powerful tweak is mm -hmm. my comfort level is a four because now you're mm -hmm. focusing on comfort. Is the lightning yeah. process available online, Amanda? Yes, this has been one of the silver linings of the pandemic because um, before that, uh, um, before things shut down, we were required to teach it um, in person. And actually, many of us had a belief that that was the only way we could do it effectively. Um, so a lot of um, air miles <laughs> were collected along the way. And a lot of clients would travel to, to talk, you know, to be with me in Portland. But because of the um, pandemic, we decided that, you know, we, we, we better try it because otherwise we weren't able to help people at all. And we've been astonished at how well it works online. I love how groups can come together from all corners of the country and immediately connect and bond and support each other and guide each other. And the, in some ways, the computer ends up being a way of kind of focusing attention um, in very, very powerful ways. So we have been delighted with how well they've worked online. And of course, this means people don't have to travel. Uh, it's, it's therefore more affordable. Um, people can do it from the comfort of their own home. And um, this is definitely something that will um, go far beyond um, the pandemic. Amanda, thank you so much for joining us today. I uh, always find such joy in having light minds to lean on, mm. to talk to, uh, to get advice from, which I frequently do uh, with you. So I'm, I'm so very grateful for the work that you're doing and I believe it's going to expand and our model is going to expand more and more in treating chronic pain and, and your portion of that is so very important. So thank you for all the wisdom and uh, for being our guest. Well, thank you so much for including me. And I um, have to say right back at you how much I admire you and, and all the people who work with you to create extraordinary change for your patients. And your dedication is amazing. I'm so glad I have been able to visit you at the clinic and, and see how every one of you cares so much about your patients. Um, and it really is um, a pleasure for me to have this chance to, to talk with you now. Thank you, Amanda. In closing, I want to quote from Mark Victor Frankl's famous book, Man's Search for Meaning, in which he described finding power in controlling his attitude while being imprisoned in a concentration camp. This enabled him to survive the Holocaust despite losing his entire family in Nazi death camps. Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way.
Thank you again for joining today and looking forward to next time. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are excited about every new person we are able to reach. It is our most sincere hope that our podcast will bring hope to many. If you or someone you love is suffering from chronic pain, please don't lose hope. Visit our website at www.thespiroclinic.com for more information and stories of hope. That's www.thespiroclinic.com for more information and stories of hope.